Hello and welcome to the News Roundup from FITV. I'm Johnny Burke. And I'm Tyron Henry. Coming up on this week's programme, explosions at Bennett's Paddock, a recycling challenge with a difference, and the last of the demining series. The Royal Falkland Islands Police, the Fire Service and EOD were called out to a suspected unexploded ordnance found on Bennett's Paddock on Wednesday. The area near Diamond Jubilee Road was cordoned off and closed to members of the public. After a controlled explosion on Wednesday evening, multiple ordinances were discovered, with further explosions taking place on Thursday. We spoke to Inspector Barry Thacker about the situation. As you know, they're constructing the uh, roads in order for the new development down there. And as the diggers have been digging uh, to create the roads, um, they uncovered a what they believed at that time to be an uh, unexploded shell. The area was evacuated and we called the fire and EOD to them. Um, further exploration uh, discovered there were more ordnance there than uh, originally found. Uh, they're very large um, shells. I'm not an expert in ordnance, unfortunately, but I would imagine from the 1982 conflict, but I, I'm really no expert on that, but they are fairly substantial uh, shells that are being discovered. EOD came yesterday and uh, dealt with the ones that the uh, construction workers found and also explored further into the, uh, the land to see if there were any. They were and discovered them. They took a break last night, the area was secured and they started again at first night today and are exploring further. Obviously they need to make sure that the area is as safe as uh, possible for the construction of the road. In the courts this week, Irene Greentree appeared in the summary court on Wednesday facing one charge. Here's Catherine with more. After pleading not guilty last month to one charge of feeding, Miss Irene Greentree appeared in the summary court for trial. However, at the start of proceedings, she changed her plea to guilty. Setting out the facts of the case, Crown Counsel Mr Stuart Walker said that on the 24th of March, taxi driver Ms Greentree was driving two fee-paying passengers along Ross Road West when a police officer on mobile patrol saw her. The officer noted that she was driving in excess of 25 miles per hour. Keeping the same distance to her vehicle to monitor her speed, the police officer's speedometer was reading around 40 to 43 miles per hour. When the police officer pulled Miss Greentree over, she said that she did not know how fast she was driving, but stated that it was too fast. She was given a fine of £190, was disqualified from driving for 14 days, her licence was endorsed and she was ordered to pay court costs of £200. Last Thursday, MLA Mark Pollard and MLA Leona Roberts attended the meeting of the UN Special Committee on Decolonisation C24 in New York. Both MLAs stood before members of the committee and delivered a speech covering personal histories as well as their hopes for the future of their children and the Falkland Islands as a whole. We spoke to MLA Roger Edwards about the trip. It went off very well, I thought, from our point of view. And like every year before, unfortunately, we, did, we got virtually no support from the floor. Um, the decolonisation committee is supposed to talk about decolonization and they're there in the United Nations to assist those countries on the list to head towards um, independence or um, join up with someone else or to seek some sort of solution and they are supposed to help people achieve that. But I'm afraid Argentina raises 
the question of the Falklands every year at C24, and then it branches out into a discussion about the sovereignty claim. But unfortunately, the C24 is a bit of a pantomime. Um, unfortunately, this year, they didn't have a pre-C24. Uh, normally, when we have face-to-face -face meetings and things, there is a pre-C24 that is held about a month before the, the main uh, meeting in New York. But this year, because of COVID and the restrictions on travel, there was no pre-C24. So it was just the pantomime in New York. Unfortunately, if we didn't go to C24 and take part in this pantomime, the only alternative is to put it in front of the fourth committee in the main assembly, and then that would lead on to all sorts of other things. So it's better for us to play this pantomime. This week, the government of South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands have announced that the entire landmass of the territory will become terrestrial protected areas. This comes after their new five-year strategy, Protect, Sustain, Inspire, it was released at the start of 2021. The waters around South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands are already classified as marine protected areas, and it is hoped that the new designation will build on the work the government is doing to protect these remote islands. Here's the Director of Strategy and Policy for the Government of South Georgia and South Sandwich Islands, John Clawley, explaining what's happening. So what we're doing, we're building on the work we have already done within, within South Georgia. So the work we've done on sort of rat eradication, the reindeer eradication, and also the programme we're undertaking on non-native weeds as well. So the next stage in, in sort of non-native species. And also builds on our permitting regime, where we already assess the impact of... Uh, different types of activities on the environment. So what we're doing, we're looking at the, the whole of South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands. We're looking at South Georgia in terms of a holistic look between the land and the sea. So it's moving that protection on. And we'll be working with stakeholders to identify specific areas that need different levels of protection, um, identifying new areas, look, and also at the same time, building on the science we have, but also promoting that sort of science because South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands are quite unique and globally significant in the terms of the science we do. Members of the Executive Council met last Wednesday to discuss a variety of topics, including planning and building permissions on Stanley Common. The small-scale infrastructure regulations paper proposes that existing FIG developments on Stanley Common are retrospectively authorised in line with the management plan under the Stanley Common Ordinance 1999. MLA Roger Edwards talked us through what this means in practice. It basically gives Falkland Island government permission to build small infrastructure projects on Stanley Common. When we introduced the Stanley Common bill some time back, uh, it was overlooked. And this basically is a retrospective, this almost retrospective uh, permission for FIG to have built some of the bits and pieces on Stanley Common. Even if it's erecting fences or building loos at Gypsy Cove, you need to have that clearance to build. And these uh, new regulations allow FIG to commit to that. We are pushing very hard at the moment to get our uh, Cape Pembroke Lighthouse refurbished. Um, it's one of the main icons of the fault lines, when you're coming into Port William on a ship, it's one of the big things that stand out. And 
you know, I know people in Stanley love to drive down the new road we put in to the lighthouse and so on, and it is crumbling before our eyes. And one of the things there is, uh, and we have looked at in the past as well, is once we have done up the lighthouse, and I think it needs to be done sooner rather than later, otherwise we might lose it, is to offer cafe or something down there to attract visitors to the lighthouse and uh, the, the general views down there, because they are rather lovely views from the lighthouse. And that would be a, a prime example of where you could go and have a uh, you know, private sector build cafe, rest area or something there at the lighthouse. Coming up this next month, the Falkland Islands government are running a recycling challenge with a difference. Due to a reduction in global steel making, there are difficulties with ordering new coins. The new Falkland Islands coin recycling challenge is aimed at getting people to find out those coins that may have slipped down the side of the sofa and pay them back into their bank accounts, meaning the coins can be reused. The challenge runs from the 12th of July to the 6th of August, but the bank will still accept coins outside of these dates. Former Harbour Master Captain Chris Locke, who was conferred the Merchant Navy Medal for meritorious service in 2020, has received his medal in a service at Trinity House in London. Captain Locke's 35-year seagoing career saw him start as a deck cadet in 1977, and in 2015 he became Harbour Master and Marine Officer for the Falkland Islands Government. As Harbour Master, he helped implement the Port Marine Safety Code, form the Falkland Islands Maritime Authority, and helped to modernise Falklands maritime legislation. Captain Locke was given his medal on Tuesday by Her Royal Highness Princess Anne. In the final part of the Demining series, a project that lasted for 38 years, Ollie speaks to those former deminers who stayed and settled in the Falkland Islands, miles away from their home. We were always asking people, are we, go are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, and we're like, we can't even see any houses here. You know, so it was quite incredible. We didn't know where you were going. You were like, we don't know. We'll see when we get there. It's different. It's different from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, uh, the minimum temperature would be like 17, 16. That would be cold. But here it's something like minus three, minus four. So it was totally different from my, from my, lo from, from my country. <laughs> Until we got into Stanley, then we realized, okay, I think we're somewhere now. You can see people, you can see kind of like houses. <laughs> you know, so it was quite intriguing, quite, you know, it was, you know, but as I said before, you know, every, every, every country you go there, there is, everything's different. Every, every, every country is different to be honest. It was a hard task due to the, like, uh, the different theaters, like the weather conditions here, plus the other things, uh, the ground here is muddy and swampy, so it was so difficult because maybe the main field will be so watering, or you'll be demanding. Because when you're doing the job, you're just doing your job. You're not thinking about the history, you're not thinking about what, you know, you know, what people are going to say. You're, you're only concentrating about, on, on doing your job properly you know, to the best of your knowledge, you know. So you're not thinking about anything, you're not thinking about a legacy or you just, you know what, I need to get this job done perfectly, properly. So, you know, because that's what we do. You know, wherever you go, we, we, you know, given a project, we need to get it, we get it done perfectly, safely. And, you know, that's, that's, that's we never have any other ulterior motives, you know. It's just about doing the job properly, 
and everyone is happy, we are happy, and we carry on to another project. Moving on to sports, and many sporting events have been cancelled this year due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Island Games that were meant to take place in Guernsey have been postponed until 2023. However, the committee are still going ahead with one event, which anyone can take part in. Here's Sport Development Officer for the National Sports Council, Josh Peck, revealing all. The Island Games have come up with a, a way to try and get everybody involved um, by doing this virtual 5K challenge. Um, so it runs, runs over one week um, and people from participating islands can, can, can compete in 5K, either running or walking. So yeah, we're just trying to get as many people involved basically. This year, this is the only event in the Island Games. Um, so virtually due to, due to the kind of situation in the world at the moment. So it's an opportunity for absolutely everybody um, within the community to represent the Falklands this year. Um, the best male and female times um, will be announced at the end, but it also, um, the best island in terms of participation will also be announced. So that's done on a percentage of the population. So we're quite a small population here. So if everybody gets involved, we've got quite a big chance of, of having the highest participation rate, which yeah means we could potentially win the Island Games this year. So hopefully everybody can get involved. The first big darts tournament got underway on Saturday night at the Town Hall. Richard Bonner and Sheila Harvey came third. Darren Plato and Karina Ashbridge both brought home a second. And winning this year's Fortuna tournament was Colin Smith and Teresa Clifton. Back to the usual league action and a lot of movement in the table this week. After a 10-5 win over the Strugglers, the Scuds move into second place overall. Rosellas and the Bottlers switch league standings again after the Bottlers had no gain this week. The biggest win of the night was Tons of Bull with a 14-1 result over Darts of Hazard. Otto's Outlaws still remain top of the table though. And finally, the temporary older persons unit at Hillside is nearing completion and residents currently living at Liberty Lodge are due to move into the new facility in August. While the unit will be bright and newly decorated, the walls will be lacking any interesting or inspiring work for older members of our community to enjoy. KMH is asking any of our wonderful artists to temporarily donate a piece of work that can be displayed in the new building. Anne Hunt is the hospital's manager. The basis of the appeal is that um, a local art artist art can, can, don can donate, they can lend pieces of art, um, or we can actually give them help in terms of uh, funding materials etc, should that be an issue. We thought it would be a really good idea if we could get community involvement. As we know, we've got many, many talented artists on the island uh, and that in terms of the integration and the support for the elderly folk of the island, that uh, it would be a nice project. So that's where the idea came from. That's it for this week's News Roundup. If you'd like to subscribe to FITV, you can watch via the KTV broadcast or online through our website, fitv.co.fk. Alongside this news roundup, we also produce a light-hearted look at the week in our podcast, Meanwhile in the Falklands, which is also available on Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud. Join us next time. Goodbye.